Here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good Friday morning. A lot to get to. And uh, the one story, as you just heard uh, during Rita Cosby's show, the great Rita Cosby, the story that's been dominating the headlines uh, as of the last couple of hours, the Titan sub implosion and which in which it was likely so fast. The experts say the victims never knew it happened. The five victims, which in in, in a in a situation like this one where there's so much negative in terms of the loss of human life, perhaps that's the only positive that that it was instantaneous. And uh, the experts are stating that even before their brain could even send a type of message to their body that they were having pain, that it was over, that it went dark an hour and 45 minutes after embarking on its nearly 2.4 mile journey to the ocean floor to view the wreckage, wreckage that is of the Titanic and the body of the five people are unlikely to be recovered. One of the stories that we're dealing with. Another one in Washington just a few hours ago, a state dinner. And Hunter Biden, the president's son, with his sweetheart deal, rubbing elbows just a few hours ago with the Washington elite at a state dinner. A state dinner attended by the Attorney General Merrick Garland and Hunter Biden amid alleged DOJ uh, cover-up and the tax fraud case. It, it, it's almost like, do, do you have no shame? I, I guess uh, the president and Hunter Biden looks at it as uh, his coming out party. But the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, and Hunter Biden attended the White House State Dinner Thursday for India's Prime Minister. Just hours after new evidence emerged of an alleged Justice Department cover-up and the tax fraud case against the first son. So roughly 400 people on the guest list, and it included the 53-year-old Hunter Biden and his uncle, James Biden, uh, with whom the first son partnered partnered uh, on some of his lucrative financial dealings, including in China. Here in New York State, in New York State, the state has seized 1,000 pounds of marijuana worth about $10 billion and a crackdown on illegal shops. I still have a few stories to get to, but let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So New York authorities around the state, according to Governor Kathy Hochul, seized about a 1,000 pounds of illegal marijuana products worth about $10 million from 31 different shops around the state accused of illegally selling cannabis across New York. Now, the raids of these unlicensed cannabis stores began earlier this month, and uh, it's part of enforcing the new state laws that in part increase civil and tax penalties for these illegal uh, cannabis sales. And so it, it all comes as mounting concerns about the black market of marijuana businesses posing a threat to public safety and the legal market. And we all know the legal market, which should have never been passed, but the legal market has struggled to get its uh 
its footing, if you will, since New York legalized uh, adult use cannabis in 2021. So the 31 shops also face fines of up to $20,000 per day if they get caught selling marijuana again. So that's a good thing. And the storefronts could be padlocked for up to a year for further violations. So the shops hit in the raids include facilities in upstate Ithaca, in Binghamton, in Endicott, and, of course, in New York City. Again, we're now opening the phone lines, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. There is speculation growing, speculation growing, that Warner Brothers Discovery will sell CNN in the coming year, in the coming year. So let me stop and go back. You may recall John Katsimatidis, the owner-operator of WABC uh, and Margot Katsimatidis, but Mr. Katsimatidis came on Sid and Friends in the Morning uh, and said a short time ago, uh, a week or two ago, that he wants to buy CNN, right? And so now speculation is growing that CNN may be for sale in the coming year and also another person that may be interesting is the struggling network's former CEO, Jeff Zucker. He has emerged as a possible suitor. And uh, Zucker, 58 years old, among the contenders to buy, uh, how shall we say this, the ratings challenged network. Despite the fact that he was ousted from the company more than a, a, a year and a half ago after his uh, an undisclosed uh, relationship. But I want to revisit the issue, the CNN uh, issue, if you will. And the reason why I want to do so is that if you think that WABC is successful and WABC 77 WABC is one of the top radio stations in New York, period. If you think that WABC is successful, imagine what what Mr. Katsimatidis could do with CNN. Think about that for a second, folks. And I want you to listen to Mr. Katsimatidis appearing on uh, Sid and Friends in the Morning when he declared that he is interested in buying CNN. Well, let me tell you something. You heard it first here. I'm going to make an offer to buy back CNN. Is that true? Seriously? Seriously. I mean, they don't know what they're doing over there. No. They need somebody, they need somebody that knows what they're doing. Someone that knows what they're doing. Definitely the case. And uh, Mr. Katsimatidis continued with his comments. Well, I think, uh, look, we're going to make you offer and uh, let's see what happens. And uh, it deserves better. Deserves better. Who can disagree with that? Who can disagree with that? The interview continued. The purpose of, of a news channel is to, to tell the news, not just opinions, and tell the truth. And that's what the people need. And that is what the people need. Wouldn't it be something if John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis purchased CNN? Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm still stuck on the fact that there was a White House uh, state dinner for the prime minister of, in of India and, um, and uh, Hunter Biden attended. And the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, also happened to be there. I mean, I, I, what, what, what is going on here, folks? What is going on? Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We're opening up the phone lines right now. Friday morning, the hour belongs to you. 
whatever issues you want to address, whether it's subway crime, whether it's the homeless, whether it's the uh, the mentally ill, whether it's the Titan sub. I get it with the with the issue of uh, people being adventurous. Um, I was I was adventurous when I was younger, but um, I don't know. It just seems. Matt Blaze, that the uh, that the older I get, uh, the more reserved I get. How about yourself? I agree, and I can tell you right now, there is no way I was going would go in that submarine. No possible way. Give me the robotic sub with a camera attached to it that can just float around the Titanic, and I could be up here on land watching it on a video monitor. I don't need to be. All the way down, 13,000 feet. And that thing looked like a tin can. No wonder why it imploded. Now, I feel bad that it did. Yes. But at the same time, these people knew the risks. The head of this company even said, well, you got to take risks sometime, whatever he said, which was crazy. And this thing looked like it was really put together from a junkyard. It, well, it yeah. did. It looked like horrible. It was not certified by anybody or any entity of any kind. Why would you trust this thing? And, and, and they were warned not to go down yeah, for this trip. And this guy was charging a quarter of a million dollars to go down there, and they couldn't find, they couldn't get the money to put together a proper submersible submarine that could actually handle it. There's no way I would have done this. Right. No way. I mean, I feel, like I said, I feel bad. It's it's yes. tragic that it happened. It's tragic when anybody loses life. But at the same time, you go look. You knew the risk, and not only did you know the risk, it's not even like. Like NASA builds a uh, a spaceship, and they go, it's NASA. Risks happen. We saw the Challenger explode right. on live TV. You're right. Like, this is NASA. You're you got right. some company that just puts together some sub from who knows where they got these parts from, not certified, and you go, eh, I'll pay a quarter million to go into that thing. Why, why would you do that? Makes no sense. I, I believe under the assumption that they thought it was safe. But thank you. Thank you very much, Matt Blaze. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. There is no way, no way that I would go uh, down there, uh, even even if they were able to certify how safe it was. Just, just not going to happen. I want to begin with the telephone calls. Let's go from Pittsburgh to Babylon to Yonkers to New Jersey. Let's start with Teddy, our friend Teddy in Yonkers. Good morning, Teddy. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Dominic, and I hope you still like me and uh, like I like you. And uh, I talked to my students today and yesterday. They all they want to get in. They told me, uh, where is he on what station? I said, 77 WABC. He says, I live in Stanford. He says, I'm going to be calling him. Okay. Uh, Dom, what do you think about the math scores that are, it was in the newspaper today? The math scores throughout the country are going down. Well, I, I'll tell you in one second, Teddy, what I think. But, but more importantly, what do you think of them? Well, being a math teacher for forty years, I'm not surprised. I mean, you had the, the COVID situation, the re, the remote learning. That's a joke. That is a complete joke. Okay, because the teachers weren't probably into it mentally, and the students are surely not into it because there's no accountability really. Uh, the students can get help. That's and uh, I just picked up the regents' exams that were given. Dominic, ninety percent of the New York City students and in the suburbs, and I grew up in Mount Vernon, and that's a changed town, and you you're well aware of it. Ninety percent of the students today, they cannot do the type of math that is on the New York State Regents exams. Now, people question, why are the Regents exams still given? Dominic, it's accountability. It's rigor. It's material that you should learn to be able to think and fundamentally make something of yourself and enter a field of endeavor that requires thinking. Everybody says, when am I going to use this in my life? That's not the issue. I studied Romeo and Juliet in the 10th grade, and I asked the teacher, and I'm, I plead guilty. When am I going to use this in my life? How does this help me? And she responded. I remember. She said, we're not here for you to use everything that we teach and that you learn. 
and everyday experiences in life, but you are able to learn how to think. And that's what mathematics is all about. Okay. When they, I'll, I'll sign off by saying what I was told. Mathematics is the queen of all science. Okay, fair enough. So number one, number one, Teddy, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. Um, it's never personal on the show. I, I, I thank you for the call. I know you're a very passionate guy in terms of your beliefs and, and perhaps that's a good thing, uh, in modern day politics. So with the scores going down, Teddy asked me, what did I uh, think about them? I think that they are indicative of the education system that we have. Uh, money, money, money being spent. The kids are not learning. It's not all I can do to be honest with you folks. So I'm, I'm listening to Teddy and what was racing through my head on this Friday morning is when, uh, it was, I think 1991. So this is what 32 years ago, give or take. And I'm in Osaka, Japan with the then mayor of New York City, David Dinkins. And it, it, I believe it was a Saturday morning. And the kids in Osaka, Japan, we had to ride the bullet train from Tokyo to Osaka. And it scared me to death how fast that train was moving. And I closed my eyes and just went to sleep. But we made it. And we walked into the school. And when I walked into that school in Japan, and saw how serious the education process was. This is 32 years ago. I said, uh, we in America, we're, we're in deep trouble. We're, we're in deep, deep, deep trouble. And it's, it's starting to, um, we're really starting to see it. So Teddy, um, I'm not surprised by the test scores, um, at all. We, we've got to find a way to, um, Put a new emphasis on on education in America. It really it really is that simple. Let's go to Jim in Pittsburgh. Good morning, Jim. What's on your mind? Good morning. How are you, sir? Good. Please go right ahead, Jim. I'd like to send you a package to New York City. Would you happen to have a number to the priest in Hell's Kitchen at the Church of Satan? Hell is fire. One more time, Jim. I'm sorry. I'd like to send you a package to New York. Would you happen to have the number to the priest in Hell's Kitchen, New York? It's a church of Satan. Satan, Hell's Fire. Would you have the number there? Yeah, Jim. I I don't. Jim. What? 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 uh, Jim. What? 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 Jim. (laughs) Jim. I. 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 Maybe this is a crank call. I. I don't know. It says you wanted to comment on Mr. Katz buying CNN. And so uh, I, I don't I don't know what what you're talking about, Jim. And um, may, maybe I'm just not getting it, but I, I, I don't understand here. Thank you so much for the call. Eddie in Babylon. Good morning, Eddie. What's on your mind? Dominic, love your show. I wait up for it. Oh, thank you. I, thank uh, you. Uh, you're welcome. And I want to see you on CNN, Dominic, because I, I'm a I'm a. I'm a friend with John Katz. I met him, and uh, I text back and forth, and I go, you have to do this. And is there anything I can do to facilitate it? There is audio, there's video. I listen to WABC all the time, but the general public watches TV. So if we get CNN, and John will put the broad spectrum, like he does with Anthony Weiner and Curtis Sliwa, and it'll draw people, especially the people who used to watch it, and then we can get the truth out, Dominic. That's what we have to do. We have to get the truth out there. Informational-based ba- broadcasting or journalism, right? Well, I, I agree with you, and um, I, I I know that they would run it, they being uh, Mr. Katsimatidis and Mrs. Katsimatidis. I know they would run CNN the same way that they run WABC, which is to say in a wonderful way, and the employees would be treated right, and... I can tell you with firm conviction, I have never seen John Katsimatidis raise his voice. And Eddie, thank you for the call. And number two, he or Mrs. Katsimatidis have never once mandated to me what I have to talk about or what should be my talking points. Never once. 
And so uh, I, I think that that he would definitely do the same exact thing with CNN. I think it would be a wonderful idea. Let's go to John in Stony Point, Rockland County. Good morning, John. What's on your mind? How are you, Doc? Good, good. Go right ahead, please. The Casuatides are really good people, which we both can agree on. I just don't think it's a good idea to purchase CNN with, um, you know, cable viewership going down and, you know, the, the, the streaming and everything going up. Do, do you think it's a it's a good purchase in your opinion? I'll hang up and I'll listen to you. OK, thank, thank you for the call, John. I think it would be an excellent idea for Mr. Katsimatidis. One, for every reason that you just cited is a reason why the cost would have to be adjusted to reflect modern day realities of the communications business. Nobody in their right mind would come in paying top dollar for CNN with viewership going down. The fact of the matter is Mr. Katsimatidis already has enough major personalities on his payroll, major personalities that draw audiences that he could use the staff that he currently has, put them on CNN, save money, and in the process, uh, grow the business and make money and, and deliver to the uh, public a product that you can be proud of, a product that gives you the facts, gives you commentary, but also gives you the facts. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. What's on your mind? Okay, David, I don't, uh, first of all, if I ran CNN, I wouldn't treat news as a sensational uh, experience because yesterday's news, as far as I'm concerned, could be more important than today's news. And that's what I want to talk about. I want, I'm, I'm still not over the fact that this, that this, this 28-year-old African-American girl got slashed on the leg. I'm not over that. And I heard they happened to find this guy through the use of plainclothes detectives. Well, let me just say, you're not going to see that happen too often again, because I don't really think that government has such an interest in finding perpetrators. And um, I want to that end, I want to state the general premise that, that's relevant today. It's very relevant. What, when, you, when, when, when crime has a motive, any kind of motive, okay, it, it's, it's being propelled by society. You could say it's the fault of society. When crime is purely random, as in this case, purely random, has no motive whatsoever, then it's being propelled by the leaders, okay? The leaders are propelling it when, when there's no motive, and that's what's happening today. The random crime you see is being done simply because they could get away with it. They have no interest, invested interest to randomly slash someone is because the perception is that the leaders will not will not do anything about it. And they're encouraging it. OK, I can tell you that right now. And we're defunding the police to the, to the point that we have thirty two thousand police. That means they already defunded the police. And by the way, that's why Daniel. That's why Daniel Petty straggled uh Jordan Neely, because he was waiting for the police that took 15 minutes to come. You can't release a man once you've restrained him like that. Of course, he'll go even crazier. Well, okay? Mr. Mr. Penny disputes the 15-minute account. It started out, as you know, Larry, between stations and ended up at the station. And he says it was not 15 minutes. He said it was more like five minutes. But go ahead. But the point is the cops don't get there so fast and they don't care about it. That's another thing. The cops. Okay. That's okay. Thank you for segueing into that. This woman. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you why these homeless people are committing these crimes. Okay. Because the cut, when the cops see somebody in the subway, this, that looks weird or they're doing something, they're supposed to follow them. That's not going on these days. Then what they do is they say, they look over and say, Oh, this guy's not doing nothing. And then if you tell them, Officer, that guy looks like he's about to commit a crime. Look at him. You know what he'll tell you? He'll give you some civil liberties answer. Well, he ain't doing nothing yet, and he'll walk the other way. See, the cops are rebelling, okay, because they don't like the system. 
All right. So because they don't like the system, they're doubly victimized society. They're to blame. Also, they they leave these people alone. They should be followed. Let me tell you something. If Larry, these homeless people, let me let me finish. Larry, these, Larry, Larry, let me just say one more sentence. If these homeless people were followed. Larry, Larry, I agree with you. It's unconstitutional. And the fact, thank you for the call. I can't let you go on anymore, Larry. It, it's unconstitutional. And the civil liberties crowd would be in federal court in a New York minute. I agree with you. I do agree with you, Larry. It, you, you've got to make life uncomfortable for them to make them want to leave the subway system. But the question is, how do you go about doing it? Look look at the old Penn Station, right? Who who owns Penn Station? The homeless and the mentally ill. You don't believe me? Go to it. And then if you still don't believe me, go to the restroom. And you will find out immediately who owns Penn Station, the old one. Let's go to uh, Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, good morning. Someone once said, if you have a problem, the most obvious solution to the problem is the simplest answer. Why are the kids in school doing so terrible? It's very simple. Because they have no interest in going home and studying and doing their homework. Instead, they want to hang out in the street. And not only that, but a lot of times, a lot of these teachers are terrified of the kids. They showed on TV... Board of Education is keeping it quiet. How many teachers have been beaten up? They have it on film. They had this kid who was six foot six, damn near beat a female teacher to death. It took four teachers to pull him off. And as they're pulling him off, he's kicking her in the face. You never heard of things like this years ago. These kids have no fear. Basically, we have a school with kids who are, who are hoodlums. They are hoodlums. The teachers are scared of them. You say one thing wrong to these kids, the kid will go over to the teacher and knock him or her out. Michael, I, I hate to admit it, you're a thousand percent correct. There are hoodlums in the school system. Pick a city, any city, and you see kids doing uh, very bad things involving teachers. Right. When, when a person is right, they're right. You're right, Michael. And it's not going to change because they, now they make it even tougher to throw a kid who's violent out of the school. They say, well, give him another chance. They're making it even tougher. So the teachers say, I got to watch my rear end because if I get one of these kids excited, if he doesn't beat me up in the classroom and the other kids will start cheering him on, he'll beat me up when I leave the school. So how can you teach someone that you're scared of? And another thing, they go home. Do the parents say, do you have homework? What, what what did you learn today? I want to see you sit down and do your homework. Don't tell me, no, nah, I don't have any homework. I'm going outside to hang out. No, no, you're not going outside to hang out. You're going to stay home. If you don't have homework, you'll study. But you're not going to hang out during the week. That doesn't happen anymore. And I'll tell you something else. I met a woman who told me that she had to throw her oldest son out of the house because he was turning the youngest son into a hoodlum. Right? She, so I said, how did you throw him out? She, well, she had to, there's a word that they use in, in law um, that, that says that they can throw the kid out if it's going to affect the younger kid. And she had to go to court to get that kid. She had to throw her own son out. She said, he used to take, go to my pocketbook, steal the money. If I said anything, he smacked the crap out of me. Right? So this is what's going on with these kids today. I, I I hear you, Michael, and again, I agree with, thank you for the call. I, I agree with you. I just, you know, it's Friday morning. I don't want to get all worked up and on on the, the parental issue and daddy's not home. And I know because my daddy met him once. Um, uh, I, I don't want to get started this morning, Michael. I, I, I really don't. And as Michael was speaking, I'm I'm looking up at the screen. I've got to take a break. I'm late for it, but I'm looking up at the screen. Fox News guy has a dispute in in um <laughs> oh boy has a dispute in in 
I cannot believe this. Los Angeles County, a vehicle's ramming a police car two or three times, a police SUV. He's ran, the, the, the driver has rammed the vehicle twice. Then in Detroit, Michigan, right? Uh, I haven't been to Detroit about a year and a half. It was okay when I was there. I've been there a couple of times, right? Spoke there a couple of times. So in Detroit, the guy has a dispute with the gas station employee, the clerk. He goes, opens the door to the convenience store at the gas station, pours gasoline at the entrance, and lights it on fire. And that's what he does. I've got to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to go to Anthony in New Jersey who wants to defend police officers. I say bravo to you, Anthony, for doing that. Our friend Gracie in California, Nicholas in Manhattan, Norman in Brooklyn, George in Long Beach, and Robert in Philly. We'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And on this Friday morning, we are going right back to the telephones. We are going to go right now to Anthony in New Jersey. Good morning, Anthony. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. How are you? Uh, out of defense for the uh, NYPD, I was on the uh, 7 platform in uh, Manhattan, and I just wanted to, there was a guy standing there, and I, there was only a couple people, a guy, a white guy and a black lady, and... Um, I asked him if I was going in the right direction to, to get to Queens, where I need to get to. And he goes, yeah, and we started talking for a little bit. And then he jumped off the platform, ran down the steps, and the, and the black lady followed him, right, and ran across to the other side. And there was a guy that looked kind of crazy, probably some mentally ill or something. And he started, and I, I come to find out, he goes, no. I said, I said to him, I said, am I in the right place? He goes, no, we're cops. And he ran, so, so how's a defense for them? They're, they're out there, you just don't know that they're there, but they're, they're doing they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because the guy you had on a phone call before said something about, well, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything about it. And that's not true. So I had to, you know, speak about what I, what I witnessed my, myself. Well, thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for doing that. It's appreciated because uh, I think we all, I think it's in all of our interest to be strong, strong supporters of law enforcement. So thank you for recounting the experience, Anthony, that you had as it relates to the subway and uh, and police officers. Let's go to Nicholas in Manhattan. Good morning, Nicholas. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Um, I love your show. I love you. Thank I you. Love you say, too, man. Thank you. I'll be real quick because I know that's important with your show. Um, I want to say callers recently have said that the passengers on subway trains where, where there's been stabbings and the slashings, that they should... Uh, um, pull the emergency brake. What I want to say is that's a terrible, terrible thing they're telling everybody. You should not pull the emergency brake on a moving train unless it's to stop the train because there's someone on the train, uh, on the tracks rather. But when someone's hurt, you want to get them to a hospital. If you, if you pull the emergency brake while the train is moving between stations, that person's not getting to the hospital for, for, for a, a relatively long time because the, the, the motorman and the conductor got to figure out what's wrong. Then, then they got to... Um, uh, make sure no one's on the track. And even if the perpetrator himself, the slasher, is on the track, they cannot move that train. That's according to the rules. So that train, and they have to get clearance from their dispatcher to move that train. It's a whole set of circumstances. And you're going to have the uh, uh, complexity. And you're going to have the, uh, the uh, person bleeding. So a terrible advice. They, people should not pull the emergency cord on a moving train unless it's to stop the train because someone's on the track or a similar reason. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what I what I like to, Nicholas, thank you for the call. What I like to remind people is that, you know, this is not Hollywood. And when these things happened, you know, when they happen, people are in trauma, people are in shock, and it, it, it really is a, a tough, tough situation. Let's go to our friend Gracie, who's not in Rockland County this morning, but in California. Good morning, Gracie. 
Good morning. Listen, uh, tomorrow I'll listen to the news and see about uh, the police car. I'll report back on Monday. And we got slashing, too, here. They reported two slashings in, in California. Maybe they're copying New York. Okay, I called about uh, uh, submarine, but I really hope that John by CNN, and I hope he has the, the format of the 5 o'clock hour and his 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock hours on Sunday. And you, of course, to take calls because you're the best. You take the most calls. I don't want to hear, even though I love the the other hosts, they pontificate too much. You're the best because you take the most callers. Now, about the... Submarine. Okay, I feel sorry. I have to say that, you'll say, but this one is a meanie. But the the company that charged $250,000 a head should have insurance for this. How much does this uh, cost? That That's to, a great question. That, that's a great question, Gracie. I, I don't know. All no, I-, I know. I'm just throwing it in to be horrible, but, mm-hmm. but I mean it. He, they should pay that. They, he he should give back that five hundred thousand dollars. Well, I I've never met a company that's going to give back money, no, Gracie. You know, but I know, I know. but uh, the, you can bet, especially with a billionaire on on location, there's going to be major, major, major lawsuits, and uh, it, it's it's just a tough situation all the way around the board. And to think that, you know, they, they died in the water and the experts are, are stating that the good news is that they didn't even know, you know, what hit them. It was over that fast. So uh, the bodies apparently will never be recovered. And it's, Gracie, it's just uh, it's tough all the way around the board. And thank you for the comments about Mr. Katsimatidis, myself, the staff here at uh, WABC. Gracie, what was the word you said that uh, some talk show hosts pontificate? What was the word that you used? pontificate a little bit too much. (laughs) I mean, I get interested, but come on. You go right into the calls, and you don't do um, a 20-minute monologue at the beginning. And believe me, you're the best. Thank you, Gracie. I'm going to stalk you when I get back to Rockland. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you, Gracie. I'll pass on the stalking. (laughs) So, Gracie, you know, I've got to pontificate now. And, uh, you know, when we pontificate, we are basically engaging in a verbal exercise to entertain ourselves and show just how smart we are. And we want you to realize just how smart we are. And I realize how dumb that is. And that's why I don't do it. That's why I say what I have to say. I get to the point. I listen to you folks. I listen to you folks in terms of what you folks have to say. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, yes, I, I would love it if 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 Mr. Katzmatidis would purchase CNN. I don't I don't have cable, and that would be the that would be the thing that would actually you know I would get cable about that you know if he did that. But I, I don't think I don't think the powers that be, the very very powerful powers that be, the uh, that are out there. I think that they would come down on him. I, I think that they would do a Trump on him. Uh, if he would, the, CNN is the shining is one of the shining children of you know lib progressive television, and you know it's 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 very important media outlet for the deep state, and I I don't think that they would permit it, and I don't think it it ain't about the money. I mean, look, look at look at what look at the, how Fox got rid of of Tucker. That was not that was a a poor economic decision, but that that was that was the deep state, and and they're gonna they. I just don't think they would permit it. I mean, you know, I, he's he's got my money. I mean, you know, I, I would you know I I would love it, <laughs> but I don't think uh, I think they pool their resources. I think that they would do they they would. They would take a penny from somebody else rather than take a billion from John. Well, the only thing I can respond is because we're we're both speculating. Have you seen CNN lately? 
Uh, no, because, well, not for a while, maybe 20 minutes when I was in a bar and I just like, uh, I like, uh, please, I want another drink. I mean, it was, it was really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. It's really, really, really bad, Norman. So who knows? Who knows? I, I've just learned with the cats and Matitis, mm-hmm. never say never. So thank you very much for right. the call. You're Norman. Welcome. Thank you. We are going to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls on this Friday a.m. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Well, over a subway seat, over a subway seat, a New York City strap hanger has been stabbed during a fight. This happened with another man over a seat, a subway seat during the Wednesday evening commute. According to the NYPD, the 45-year-old victim was arguing with another man over a seat on board a Bronx-bound number 5 train at East 125th Street and Lexington Avenue. That is a train station that no one should want to go to. It is rough there. But in East Harlem, around 6.45 p.m., during the clash, the suspect plunged a knife into the victim's stomach, and uh, the wounded man was taken taken to uh, Lincoln Hospital with deep cut uh, on his stomach, but his injury is described as non-life-threatening. The suspect, believed to be in his 20s with his hair in a ponytail, uh, fled off the train and is still being sought as of right now. Let's continue with your telephone calls up until the top of the hour when Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, will uh, come on this morning here on WABC, 77 WABC. George in Long Beach. Good morning, George. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. And I agree with your last two callers, especially your last one. It wouldn't be about the money. And uh, I, I would worry about John, but I, I a part of me wants him to do it. But I called about the submarine, so I'll talk about that. And isn't it ironic that this CEO, who was on it, by the way, said that he didn't want experienced submariners with military experience because they're a bunch of old 50-year-old white guys. And he wanted inspiration over experience. So he wanted 25-year-olds to operate these things. Well, it's it's really really sad and... uh discriminatory but george do we know for a fact i mean i read the articles do we know for a fact that the man said this yes it's quoted right here in the article right but but what's the source of the quote digital it's digital fox digital no no but what but, but what i'm saying is what's the source of the quote he oh the source of the quote yes he did a zoom Supposedly a Zoom interview. Okay. CEO Stockton Rush, who was aboard the missing submarine, 50-year-old white guys he referred to, explain why he preferred them over guys with military experience to plot his company's vessels. Mm. And this is all quoted. And this is Fox News Digital. Right. So that sounds, uh, that sounds official. It sounds official. Uh, you know, yeah, he said it on the Zoom call. He said it more than once. He said it more than once. And now you look. Also, why is this one person charged with this guy on the subway? The Marine is charged, but the other two guys were not charged with aiding and abetting the crime. If there was a crime, there was two other people involved. Well, the why weren't they charged? Were they charged? Not to not to not to my knowledge, they have not been charged. Um, you know, who knows? Yeah, I wonder why. Well, 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 I, I, I see what you're alluding to. I believe one was a man of color. Uh, the indictment will be unsealed, I believe, next Wednesday, if, if, if memory serves right. And so we'll see exactly what happened. Um, I, I don't know, George. You're, you're, you're raising some very legitimate questions. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but we'll find out. Thank you for the call, George. You have a uh, great morning. Robert in Philadelphia. Good morning, Robert. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. It's good to talk to you, and I'll be very quick. First, all the stuff coming out about the Bidens to my friends on the right. Don't expect Joe to go anywhere. Trader Joe to go anywhere. 
We have to win the next election, but keep the information coming out, make it official, get it on the file, and it can be used later on. Patience. But I also wanted to comment on, I thought it would be great if uh, Mr. Tafnatidis was to buy CNN. I know it would be successful, and I think it would probably drive the left crazy. They would most definitely come after him. But I wanted to say something. I'm not usually given the hyperbole on this thing, you know, but he is somebody that I consider to be in short supply right now, and that is a man of power and influence who actually gives a crap about freedom of speech. I'll put him in with Elon Musk. Say what you want about him. He believes in free speech, and we need more people like that. And in that sense, I think that the Casamitidas are heroes. I truly do, because, I mean, they have the world of broadcasting against them and look at what they do and look at how they succeed, what they, and, and, and they give both sides a voice. They, I mean, they, they do, give, they do. You know what I'm they I do. Mean, Mr. Weiner, I don't listen to him, but he wasn't exactly some vanilla middle of the road guy. He was a bomb thrower on the left back in the day. And he, and Mr. Casper will still give him a voice on this network too. And that speaks volumes to me. That speaks volumes to me. So I think he's a hero. I wish him luck. And that's all. Have a great weekend, Dominic. Thank you, Robert. You do the same. All I can say, Robert, is that uh, uh, lately I've been quite quite fortunate to have been uh, invited by the Katsimatidis to quite a few public uh, events. And when we're at these public events, it's remarkable to sit there with them because the these are two billionaires but but you don't you don't get that feel when you're there with them when you're there with them they're regular people they discuss regular issues it it, it whether whether it's been at a, the museum of natural history event uh done by the Cardinal Dolan or the PAL event that they had me MC just um just Tuesday night or I can go on and on and on and on and on when we're at these functions, they don't really discuss uh, party label politics. They don't really. I'm talking about Margot Katsimatidis and John Katsimatidis. When I'm there with them and I see them interacting with the whole staff, they they talk more about your family. They talk more about the WABC family. They talk about the event at hand. They talk about. Uh, some of the charity work that they're doing, they may discuss their baseball team uh, for a second. But it, it's I, as a matter of fact, I have never been to a function with them where where they're lashing out at one party. They they may they may have a criticism of of, of a party on one issue, but it's never it's never let's bash the Democrats completely. It's never let's bash the Republicans completely they're just not like that and i believe that if they bought cnn it would be uh exactly the same of what you get right now from them let's go to devon in the uh, bronx good morning you're on talk radio 77 wabc hey dominic good to hear from you man you sound very good over the radio hey listen, thank you dominic i thank got you I got something what I want to say to you real quick. I think it's a good idea with the whole CNN stuff. It's not a bad idea, but the lady who called last, I think what she was saying about um, people on the station about opening up the line more, I think is a very great idea. And please do not think I'm calling in to bash anyone. You have some people on this radio station, they have three hours, and they don't do truth, justice, and the American way. They just have their own view and in their own corner, and it's not good. You have a good night, man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, Adrian in New Jersey. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, First of all, I would like to commend your integrity and your even-handed objectivity. Uh, My reasons for calling, I don't think that you are being that fair with David from the Bronx. It's true he does appear to have a chip on his shoulder about race, but I definitely don't believe that he is a racist. He wouldn't be opposed to reparations, affirmative action, and so forth if he was. And I'm a white person, I'd like to add. I don't believe in censoring anybody, censoring anybody, and uh, that would only limit our knowledge. 
Agreed. Um, I, I'm not I'm not censoring anyone. Um, I What I stated on the air is that, uh, first of all, David is welcome to call anytime he wants. Now, what I, I said, what I said was that I'm not going to take his call every night because I get a number every time he's on. I receive a, and this doesn't decide whether or not I put him on, but I get a, a bunch of complaints. And every time I have him on, it seems that he is uh, complaining about race in one aspect or another. And so he's welcome to call just like anybody else anytime, anytime that he wants. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not boy. I don't boycott people. And so I, I will take his call. So but, but I don't understand how I'm not being fair to him. I thought that you had uh, said that you were going to limit his call. Right. That's not boycotting. That's limiting. That's limiting. Uh, sometimes when any one person is on too much, I have to limit their calls. And and I believe in diversity of calls, right? I, I firmly believe in that. In this situation, you know, D- David comes on. I give him airtime. And uh, David is in the, the Larry category, Larry in Brooklyn, where they get, they're so passionate about their issues that they think they can talk for eight, nine, ten minutes. And that's just not realistic. I can't, I can't do that. You, you know, it's our program. I, I just can't do it. So he's, he, Adrian, I thank you for the call. David in the Bronx is welcome to call anytime he wants. I'm not going to put him on every night, but, but I will take his call. So I, I hope I answered your question. Did I, or did I not? Uh, you did. Thank you okay. very much. Thank you, and have a uh, good morning. Steve in New Jersey. Good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? Hi, Dom, and straight to the point. All roads lead back to China in this call. Ready? I Like you, I wouldn't get on that submarine. I would not make advanced plans to get on that submarine, but there's one scenario where I could think of where you and I together would get on that submarine. If we got advance notice that China was sending nukes over, I think you and I would get on that sub. All right? You can comment on that. Let me make my second point, though, which is on a more serious note. China, what came out today with the whistleblowers in Congress shows how deep the Biden crime family is connected to China and explains how why we're being sold out. They have this guy, Biden. They have him by the you know what. We are in some big trouble if we continue with this guy as president. I don't want to hear about Harris. We could deal with Harris later. All right. Okay. We got I, major I, problems right I, now. I, I, I'm not I'm not cutting you off because of the content of what you're saying. I'm stepping in because I have to get in my man Frank Morano here to find out how he's going to be keeping me up all night tonight. What do you have, Frank? Most exciting segment of the week. Ask Frank anything for the next hour. I'm going to take questions on this and whatever people have questions about. And Tuesday's primary day in New York City. This is another ranked choice voting election, which for better or worse, people still don't understand. We're going to get into it with the AARP in the two o'clock hour. We got denunciations and movie reviews with Debbie Schlussel. A lot of stuff to get to. Folks, have a great weekend. Frank Morano and the other side of midnight coming up. Right now. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. 77 WABC.